And this is Rational Hour, yeah. Is it Rational? Yeah. I'm in the game when it's crunch time. Yeah. I call the play like the coach do. Tell them boys they can't touch my leap. example the way I'm supposed to. I got more reason a little bit, a little more than a lot. Only compare me to Bill, a better you feel. I'm sick of the skills. All I'm perfecting, I put them all on blast. Rational Hour, it's more than a podcast. Follow on Twitter, get done with the move. It's Friday night, and this is how we do it. Let's keep it objective, I'm talking statistics. Executive none, we're ethic ridiculous. I'm on a job, grind the pine. Wash King, while I'm still in my prime. Prime time when I'm on live, I just intercepted another bag. Homegrown, like a month apart, ain't hard to tell you a bad man. The game plans like a suspect. Get your coach's death, you do better. If you knew better, you do better. We're in a winning streak, we ain't losing. Never, never, never. And this is Rational Hour. Home run like a month apart, ain't hard to tell you, Batman. Said this is Rational Hour. If you knew better, you do better. We in a winning streak, we ain't losing, never. Welcome to the Rational Hour, Ryan. On today's show, we have an NBA vet in the building. This former All-Star played 17 years in the NBA, hailing from Wisconsin Stevens Point University where he was a two-time All-American, two-time Conference Player of the Year. His jersey hangs in the Raptors for the Portland Trailblazers. Please help me welcome the all-time leader in assists in Portland Trailblazers history, Mr. Terry Porter. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you taking the time. Now, Coach uh, Coach Porter, how's everything been going for you in 22? Uh, how's life, the family, everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Um, you know, um, coaching can be challenging at times, but, uh, no, it, it's been good. Um, family's good. Yeah, my daughter married off this summer, which was good. And, um, yeah, my boys are doing good. So, yeah, it's just Milwaukee City Conference. Uh, just talk to our audience about uh, your time and in, in growing up in Milwaukee and the South Division and how competitive basketball is in Milwaukee. Well, I guess, you know, my childhood was like most childhoods, and man, I, I played a lot of, a lot of different sports back then, and, uh, you know, in the early 80s, played football, basketball, and, and a little baseball. Um, but it was very competitive, you know, it didn't have the AAU structure that a lot of these kids are blessed to have now. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have the chance, I didn't have the chance to do much traveling. Kids now are so fortunate. You know, they're traveling, they're on planes, they're going to different states and playing against players, you know, from around the country. Um, you know, for us, our, our competition was basically, you know, us and maybe Chicago. That was about it. We never really ventured to the East Coast or to the West Coast to meet some of the elite high school players. Not to say I was even in uh, elite status even back then. But, no, I, I would say I, I fall in the category of being kind of a late bloomer. I played basketball. Um I played basketball my um uh my freshman and sophomore year. So I'm aging myself. High school back then didn't have freshmen. They had sophomores, juniors and seniors. So okay. my freshman year I played in my middle school and then when I got to high school I didn't think I was good enough to make the team, so I stayed with the boys and girls club team I was playing with my freshman year. And then after that, uh, I tried out for basketball at the high school level at South Division. My junior year and made it and it was a six man and then my senior year, I made uh, the starters and made all conference and mm. made special, uh, I guess you say special all state uh, with about mm-hmm. 40 or 50 other kids. So, you know, my my career didn't really block until I got to Stevens Point. And it took a while once I got to Stevens Point 
My freshman year, I didn't play hardly at all. I had two senior guards in front of me. And then my my sophomore year is when I started, mm-hmm. and I started for the next three years. Uh, my my breakout year, I would say, would been my junior year, 1984. That's right. when they had the Olympic trials as well. That was mm-hmm. going to be in L.A. Bobby Knight was the coach, and I made it. Uh, I got invited to the Olympic trials thanks to the gentleman at the time who was the head of the the NAIA uh, national chairman or president. He he uh, made, to my understanding, the way it was explained to me, he made calls every day to the select Olymp- Olympic selection committee saying that you got to have an NAIA player at least invited to the trials. Up to that point, there was never not even an NAIA player invited. So um, he selected me. I got invited. And that was just to help your audience out. That was during the time where Michael Jordan was on that team. Um, you know, so they had some elite players um, on that team. And so that's when I got invited, obviously, at those Olympic trials. NBA scouts, NBA personnel, NBA uh, GMs are allowed to come there and evaluate players. And that's where I would say I got my first – or the NBA got a first set of eyes to look at me and look on um, my skill set. Mm. Talk uh, to us about that great 84-85 team at Wisconsin Stevens Points and what did Coach Dick Bennett mean to your career, the legendary coach that he was, and uh, that – 28 and four squad that you guys had in 83, 84. Yeah, well, anybody who's watched any of Bennett's teams, he's, he's coached at the highest level and taken teams to the highest, uh, you know, championship games. He coached Wisconsin and took them to their final four. Um, right. but no, I, I think his, his teams, um, are based on discipline, um, defensive discipline, very strong defensive discipline. Uh, mm-hmm. offensively, he was, a uh, a huge uh, fan of Bobby Knight, so a lot of those early, at least that 84-85 team, we did a lot of things that Bobby Knight and those Hoosier teams did. We had a motion offense, and our defensive schemes were up the line and denying and fronting the post. So, you know, I'm aging myself, but we had no shot clock and no three-point line, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a, I would say, a, a shoot-em-up, bang-bang type of game. When right, right. Then play. And his son, obviously, Tony, who's now at the University of Virginia, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's had the luxury to have some of the same, I think, schemes and things that he, yeah. he learned from his dad. But uh, Bennett has, was a huge factor in my growth as a basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. I came from a public school where all our defenses, all our defensive schemes were a zone, basically, a 2-3 zone. And when I got to uh, Stevens Point, um, I had to learn a lot about the man-to-man, weak side, strong side, things that I had not even came close to comprehending. And um, that's where uh, my game, I would say I became a complete player, learning how to play at the defensive end and, and really uh, blossom as a player. Okay. Yeah, he was a great coach. I mean, all the way from Wisconsin, Stevens Points, uh, and you could tell it, it ventured into his son's bloodline. He's, he's doing a great job. Virginia had that great run just a few years ago, catching the title. The end of your career at Wisconsin Stevens Point, what are you hearing as far as the buzz leading up to the draft and going into the 85 draft? Are you hearing a lot in the 85 draft? A lot of small school players in particular, like Oakley was from Virginia Union, uh, Joe yeah. Mars from uh, Manique State, even Malone at, at Louisiana Tech, Xavier McDaniel at Wichita State. 
a lot of small school players went in that first round along with yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, again, that was way before. So, you know, scouts had to do a lot of work, and they leaned sure. on those type of events because there was not the type of technology used and the videos that they have exposed to, to now and all the yeah. different, even all the AAU stuff. Most of the time now, kids who've gone and make it to league, coaches have had the chance or someone's had the chance to see that kid play at AAU level and then yeah. see him play at the high school level because, again, the high school, even the high school exposure nowadays with the television exposure is a lot greater than I mm. ever had. I never played on ESPN. ESPN wasn't even around when I was growing right. up. But, um, yeah. So it's just it's just one where technology has really enhanced the ability to recruit or at least look at kids and really get a strong, um, be able to build out a strong profile on what a kid does, strengths and weaknesses is. A first-round pick, 85, you land in Portland, and you get there. The legendary Jack Ramsey is the head coach. Um, they have a young Jerome Kersey, uh, Sam Bowie, Clyde, all in their year one and two in the league, along with veterans like Michael Thompson and Kiki Vandeway. What was your first year like in the league landing in Portland? Well, I mean, my first year, first of all, just making it to the NBA was amazing. And so, I, you know, I was just Absolutely. in awe. Uh, I was in awe coming from Stevens Point and, you know, didn't have the, the accolades coming out that Clyde had or Sam Bowie had or Kiki had. You know, they went to UCLA right. and Kentucky and Five Slamma Jamma. And so <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I, I was just in awe making it to the league. Uh, the one thing that was um, – Nice for me, I met Jerome early, and Jerome kind of had – we both had the same kind of background. I came from Longwood, very small school. I think, I think it was Division three at the time. And, you know, we were fighting for our, our, our livelihood, fighting for our careers, and we kind of, uh, you know, just kind of had a bond. Then, and we just kind of promised to, you know, help each other work through everything and try to, wow. you know – Work on our work on our craft and try to get better and try to make a career out of uh, being in the league. Neither one of us, you know, Jerome played center and I was playing small forward and center in college. So we we played um, at different positions. And when we got to the league, we had to learn the position that we eventually started playing. And so that that team, you know, was a team that had a lot of good talent. Um, but we, I think we had, we made the playoffs, but we just had a lot of moving parts. Uh, Michael Thompson, as you mentioned, who obviously was the number one pick from Minnesota. Kiki, a, a bona fide 20, uh, point score and one of the best scores of his era. When you think of him and what he did in Denver with Alex English, uh, before we got him. But yeah, it was just, you know, Clyde was just coming on. I mean, Paxton, I think was, Passionate. By that time, I'd been a couple of times all-star, so, you know, Clyde was kind of trying to find his way. That was Clyde. When I got drafted 85, that was Clyde's second year. So, like you second said, year. Sam Bowie's second year, Jerome's second year, mm-hmm. my first year. So, um, you know, we had a good mix of veterans mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, youth um, potential and talent to try to build mm-hmm. for that build. franchise. Um, talk to our audience about that transition, uh, your first year you had Jack Ramsey. He steps down in 86-87. Uh, Coach Schuler takes over. Uh, you know, Ramsey was such a legend, led the Blazers to the 77 uh, title. 
what was the news like in locker room when he left the the franchise? Um, I think Jack was, you know, back then that was kind of old school, right? For me coming mm-hmm. in, um, you know, he didn't he he sat down and talked to you, but you know, he didn't expect, you know, rookies didn't play back then. It was so different. Rookies didn't play. It was always about the veterans, and he was like, "Look, you're not going to play. Just want you to bust your tail in practice and cheer for your guys and support your guys during games." I was. Never going into that season thought I was going to be able to get minutes. And I was fortunate because I did end up average 14 or 15 minutes. But our preseason me- meetings that I had with him was he didn't project that I would be playing hardly at all. And I think, um, you know, when he when he um, decided to step away or the organization decided to let him go, I think there was a lot of uncertainties about what was going to be next for our group, what was right. going to be next for that team who is going to come in, who's going to kind of, you know, um, drive the ship at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Jack was kind of, you know, the league and the coaching staff was kind of evolving. Jack was a old school type of man. And by then right. the game was started to pick up and be more uh, fast paced, um, mm-hmm. a lot more high tempo as opposed to a grinded out half court style of play. And Clyde, that fit his system. That fit him really well. If people remember what their school, what that team was like in Houston, and um, mm-hmm. Kiki was the same way. And so, um, it, it was kind of a shock because of the history he had with that organization uh, that they decided to go another way. But um, when they let him go, um, you know, Mike Schuler came on. I think Mike Schuler was our second coach, and he had. I think Mike Schuler came from Milwaukee. He had been with Don Nelson for a long time, and they obviously had a lot of success in Milwaukee. Um, and that kind of, you know, that kind of changed things in regards to uh, the style of play. Well, I mean, back then in the early '80s, um, got our first five or six years, everybody flew commercial. There were okay. no uh, charter flights, um, so the challenging part was. You know, trying to, um, you know, get done with the game in LA or somewhere and you couldn't, you know, you had to go out for dinner. And, um, and by the time you got back to the hotel, you know, it'd be two o'clock maybe or, or a little bit earlier, but then you wouldn't want to really go to sleep because you have to wake up at four o'clock to get wow. to the airport and take the first flight out. And so that, that was really a challenging, uh, in regards to just, logistics and, and travel back then they don't have that luck they don't have to worry about those things now they're in charter but they i think they try i want to say you know it's it's interesting when you talk about professional leagues and how so much of it's a copycat league the year we made it to the finals in 90 with detroit mm-hmm. detroit pistons and us were the only two teams at the time that chartered that year and oh, okay. once both of those teams made it to the NBA Finals, other teams understood the importance of having that plane. So we got done with the game wherever in L.A. They're saying you would be on the flight flying to Utah as opposed to staying over that night. And so you got a chance to really get in bed, get a good night rest and, and try to bounce back so mm-hmm. and recharge and, and be ready for that game the next night. You wouldn't have to travel on the day of a game. Mm-hmm. That was a huge factor. But, you know, in those early 80s, you know, the Lakers were the golden standard in the West. I mean, they had, um, they, they were the team that, 
you had to go through LA, try to make it to the finals. And um, mm. Phoenix, obviously, Phoenix had great teams. Utah had great teams. Um, you know, Golden State was pretty competitive, and obviously, our rivalry up in Seattle, Super Sonics, when um, you know Gary Payton and the Rain Man yeah. and um, all the other great Chambers. players they had up there, um, mm. Chambers. Um, so they had some. They had some great. They had some great players. But I, I would say that, you know, Phoenix team with Kevin Johnson, Tom Chambers, I mean, they, Darren Marley. I mean, those teams that we played in the Western Conference Finals. And then you didn't talk about San Antonio, another team that had was on the rise. They had David Robertson, at Terry Cummins. They had uh, Sean Allen. They had some great young talent. And then Pop, that was Pop and Larry Brown. I think Larry Brown was the coach. Larry Pop Brown. was the coach. Mm-hmm. So the West was West was, you know, I think the, the thing for us in getting out the West, where we just continue to grow and continue to add the right pieces and gain the confidence we needed, and the um, the experience along the way. And you talked about it; those earlier years, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, we were barely in the first round, or we were making the playoffs every year. So we would either get knocked out in the first round or, or advance to the second round and grow each year and maybe add another piece. And uh, the management did a great job of doing that. And we continue to get better from within. You know, Jerome started to get better. I started to get better. And uh, Buck and, and Duck just continued to grow as well. Duck became a an all-star a couple of times, and I was an all-star a couple of times. And so – you know that team just kind of took off. We kind of found our our identity of being a, um, you know, was able to establish the physicality at the defensive end and and play that, but really got in our open court and really caused havoc that way. Yeah, eighty seven, eighty eight. You guys go fifty three and twenty nine. Uh, you guys make the ninety NBA Finals against those Detroit Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, what was that matchup like? I mean, with you and Clyde going against Isaiah and Joe Dubars. Well, it was, it was obviously a great matchup. I mean, obviously talk about uh, Pistons. The backcourt was really, you know, was that team. I mean, you obviously had Lambert probably was their third scorer. They had uh, Buddha, James Edwards. Uh, but they had a lot of, un, you know, guys that was kind of grinders. Um, Sally, yeah. Dennis Rotman. Um, yeah, you know, you talk about Michael Wade. Uh, yeah. he, was, he was huge off the bench for him. And so, but the one-two punch, their backcourt, I would say, was definitely the their, uh, the strong point of that team. So, it, for me and Clyde, it was a great battle to go against those guys, and um, uh, it was it was a challenge. And we we played really well in that series. Um, played really well in their building. Lost the first game. We should have won the first game, but they they I think Lambert hit a big shot and sent in overtime. We lost that game, which was devastating to us as well as we played. But then we bounced back. Uh, that was a good characteristic of that group of guys that those Blazer teams. We we had a short memory. We forgot about that mm-hmm. game and uh, disappointing uh, not winning that series uh, that game and came back and won the second game mm-hmm. in their building. And so that that was just a, a back and forth physicality um, great series. Um, they did something that I wouldn't think anybody would ever be able to do. Um, they mm-hmm. came in our building. And beat us three straight times because back then the format was two, two, three, three two. That's changed right. a lot from today's 
uh, NBA Finals format. But um, up to that point, they hadn't had much success. They had lost, I think, 13 or 14 consecutive times in our building. Oh, and uh, and so they, they were able to win three games. What do you think uh, of Zion Williamson and his size? And uh, he's basically suffered some significant injuries, and he's a bigger stature. Will he hold up in the NBA? Man, I don't know if that's – there hasn't been many guys that size, obviously, in the league with that athleticism. I don't think his body's going to hold up. I mean, he's – I just don't know how you play with that level and be mm. so explosive. Uh, I think he's just going to have to – he's going to continue to try to work on his body and, and slim down a little bit. Was, uh, was he like Was he like Barkley at all to you? I know he was I in your he, area. Was... Yeah, but I see Bar- – he was he's taller than Barkley. Barkley's only six five. He's six eight, and he. Mm. I, I think he's. I think he's twenty pounds heavier than Barkley was. Now he's more okay. explosive than Barkley. Barkley was, but Barkley for his size, people don't understand him playing power forward at six four, six five, and being able to achieve the rebounds and the scoring and um, was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. He is. He is. I think um, Zion is. I mean, he, he he is the most um, athlete, most uh, from a physicality standpoint, the size right. and the weight. Uh, the league has never seen anybody like him, and what he's been able to do when he's played, I mean, he's a twenty and ten guy easy in times he played. The challenging part for him going forward is how is he going to be able to manage his body weight in order to start playing significant amount of games to get to the point where he plays in the playoffs and runs you know, starts um, being a part of a team, and that team has a lot of great young talent. Yeah, they do. Grum and, and CJ, who they picked up from the Trailblazers. I mean, they now have enough pieces. They got three bona fide guys that can average 20 points. And in yeah. today's game, when you have two guys, a one, a two, and a three, and they all can go get you 20 points, it becomes very difficult for teams. Ooh. Game against you, along with having the other pieces they have. They have a lot of good young players that can guard, and I think they seem to have a system in place where, you know, a culture in place where it's about winning. And um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they are able to try to keep him healthy, try to bring Brian uh, Ingram back and keep CJ. Them acquiring CJ was a huge factor for them to get that veteran yeah. who's a professional and knows how to play and, and not afraid of the big moment, and they can learn from because that's that's something that uh, as they continue to add pieces and continue to get better from within, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna prove a pretty good I think um, formula for them and give them some pieces that gonna help them um, have the ability to have uh, long run, playoff runs. Yeah, they're one of the teams that are real scary in the West that are up and coming, and I think Willie Green's doing a great job just keeping them going. Oh, he's done a tremendous job. Obviously, he's been coached, been a part of some great coaching staffs. But, um, you know, I think they respect him. Obviously, they, they know he works hard. And he's been able to build a culture of accountability mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, playing the right way, um, having a presence at the defensive end, and then having a, a, a offense that I think is uh, at times um, – um, difficult to scheme against. It's just not one guy, like I said before. Yeah. 
Uh, LeBron's uh, on the cusp of passing Kareem as all-time leading scorer. Anthony Davis, a lot of question marks on his health, if he can sustain a healthy full season. Uh, do you think the Lakers will turn it around, and is Coach Ham the one to lead them into the playoffs? Yeah, man, I'm just I don't I just don't believe that roster is a makeup of a playoff team. When you look at what's important man. in today's game um, yeah. and how you go about trying to make playoffs and make great playoff runs, I mean, there's there hasn't been in the history of of the NBA a team that shot as poorly as they have from three-point line and gone on to be oh, right. a playoff team, a elite yeah. playoff team. I mean, they they don't have – I don't think they have one player that shoots above 35% from three, let alone maybe not even in the 30s. Um, and the makeup of that roster, um, LeBron, as great as he's been, um, those teams that he's been great on from the Miami days to the Cleveland days, those teams have always had at least four or five shooters that shot over 40% mm. that allowed him that allowed him the luxury of having the ball in his hands. He's such, because of his size, he's such a great uh, passer and can, you know, see over the defenses and find guys that are wide open. But it's, there's a reason some of those guys are wide open. Um, and until they change their roster to get more shooters, it's just going to be it's going to be hard for them to get in, right. into a rhythm offensively. Terry Porter's eyes. Who are your Mount Rushmore of players? Who's your top five starting lineup in the NBA of all time? Man, that's, that's a tough one. That is a tough. One. <laughs> um, I, I don't like to do all time, so I think there's certain. I'll give you an all-time, but I evaluate eight. I evaluate generations or eras of basketball. But um, okay. and I, and I would say this is why this is how I uh, evaluate what's the formula I would use for the wall. Um, I think you got to have championships. I think you have to be a player that did it at both ends of the floor. Um, okay. And so um, for me. Um, it's not a uh, – obviously, Mr. Russell is on the wall on there for me. Um, Tim Duncan's on there for me. Fundamental. Um, Mr. Fundamental. Um, and what he's been able to um, – Michael's on there for me. Um, MJ. Yeah. Uh, Magic's on there for me. That's um, it, It's just so many great players. Um and I guess I don't know if I said Kobe. Kobe would be the other one. I think Kobe so I said, the last one. Okay, that's Kobe. Nice Kobe would be the last one. So I mean, yes. I, I mean, I don't know how you do. I mean, I'm not down. I'm not downplaying what not. Larry, what Larry did or what Steph did. Um, but those that's those five guys um, would, um, I think, for me in my eyes, and what they were able to do for the game and what they were able to achieve on the floor. Yeah. Is the greatest player of all time who? Man, if, if uh, that's a hard one, man. But if I if I had to pick one guy, I would say Bill Russell. I mean, he's, he's got 11 championships. That's what's so yeah. hard about it. He's got 11 and he's, 
I don't know if he's ever did he ever I don't I don't think he's ever has he ever lost a championship series. I mean, he's just like Michael undefeated. I don't I don't know if he if they ever lost one. Um, probably lost one. Maybe they lost one, but that era is different. I mean, that, that era yeah. I would say if you if you go uh, Michael, I would say Michael is the more modern era. I would say he to me is uh, the goat. Um, uh, in my eyes, I would put him over um, like LeBron or. Um, Death how, how hard was uh, was Kareem to stop? Uh, he's the hardest, you know. He, you know, right now he's the all-time leading scorer. The, a lot of people say the hook, you know, Scott Hook changed the game. Was Kareem the cap? Was he was he a huge problem? Yeah, he was a, a serious problem. I mean, he he had a, he had a <laughs> he had a shot that was unguardable. I mean, you couldn't right. you couldn't block it. I mean, it was just unguardable. It's kind of like. Kind of like Durant, but in a different way. Durant, you can't block Durant's shot. I mean, it's just he's so long. But Kareem, um, the sky hook was something that's just um, seems like to this day that's been the one shot that you think about over the different generations. Yeah. That no one has been able to even have a defense. You have to come double him was the only way. I mean, and um, he's been able to uh, score. What thirty thousand points with the sky hook? I don't know how many of those was wow. sky hooks or how many was dunks, but the majority of his points was just uh, Curry changed the game to me, coach. Like Curry really evolutionized the game. I, you mentioned him when you were talking about guys that uh, were Mount Rushmore, on, and he really made it. Just you never see anything like him because of what he was doing it was just unorthodox. The way he was just almost shooting from mid court. Well, yeah, his era when he when he came in our league, there's no question, it flipped from being more of an inside out style of right. play to outside in. Um, yeah. He changed the game. There's no question he changed the game with his ability to knock down the three. And like anything, kids that watch NBA basketball, it went down to that generation. What did they do? They all went out and start worrying about. <laughs> Just like when they saw Michael play, they all went to you know cross. Yes. Dunk. Mm-hmm. And so there's no question he changed the game. And his era, yeah. he's no question he's one of the greatest to play that game. But again, the era is different. I mean, how you can, you know, um, he, he changed the game, how it, how that position is played, what was a good shot selection back mm-hmm. then. If guys back in that era would have took shots from 28 feet or 30 <laughs> feet, man, you hear, you know, you hit the sign, you would hear, you hear the horn blow, and you'd be running towards the bench. Yeah, coaches wasn't giving green lights like he was getting that. Oh, I don't know why Kerr. Yeah, it, that just mm-hmm. didn't happen. Well, I guess the game evolved, right? Rules yeah. changed, and it game evolved because back then, taking a shot out there, that was like, you know, that was a 9-1-1 shot. That was like when the shot right. was low. No one came over half court and <laughs> pulled up in 20, 28 feet. 30 feet from yeah. the logo. From the logo, no one did that. Man, just, come on now. Well, Coach, thank you so much for blessing our listeners, man, with your take uh, on current things going on and just talking about your life and career. But can you just uh, let our audience know or they can support or follow anything you're currently working on? I'm not currently walk, uh, working on anything at this time. Um, they can always um, – 
I'm, I'm not a big uh, social media platform type of guy, but they could uh, okay. they could go out and find me. I think I'm I, I'm thinking T Porter, Terry Porter at at Terry Porter thirty. My Instagram, I should know my gram with my gram is like <laughs> or my Twitter, okay. but um, they would have to search for me. It's pretty easy to search for me. But I appreciate any uh, support your fans would do to follow me. And uh, well, coach. Thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, Coach Terry Porter, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate the time and appreciate uh, talking uh, basketball, NBA basketball, and and my career. Thank you for giving me the opportunity.